Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. You guys know by now that we do a bunch of commercials in the beginning, in the middle of these episodes. Um, There's two things here. One, patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. We put the episodes up without commercials. How about that? But here's the thing, guys. I know you people. I know what you're doing. You're skimming forward and you're fast forwarding through the commercials. But I'm telling you, you want to listen to these and you want to listen to the ones in the middle of the episode because we put new discount codes. We put new job opportunities, new training opportunities, new gear, new equipment, new sponsors, all kinds of new cool stuff in there. You don't want to skip it because you don't want to miss it, especially the discount codes. So make sure you guys are paying attention. And having said that, we're going to kick it off right now with one of my favorites, right? Uh, RayAllen.com. We've had a great relationship with Ray Allen for a long time. They want you to know that they've heard you loud and clear, and they have revamped their customer service, faster response times, easier to get a hold of them, faster shipping, faster order uh, fulfillment. Um, any kind of issues they had, they ironed it out. RayAllen.com for everything dog related, not just working dogs. Working dog, pet, anything you need. I just bought about 300 bucks worth of stuff the other day. Mixture of pets and police dogs in one click. I loved it. RayAllen.com. Uh, we got hits coming up. Um, it's going to be in August this year. It's going to be at the McCormick Place in Chicago. Um, it moves around. So, you know, one of the things they're really good about is it's not in the same location every year. So every four years, it's probably in a different area or it's in a different area of the country. And they make it super obvious about um, rotating all of their uh, instructors. Too. So if you come last time they were, say, in Dallas, like four years ago, when they go back to that area, you're not going to see the same people over and over again. When we were there last year, there was like 1,200 people, and they're talking about having 13 to 1,500, and we've got 100 vendors in the vendor hall this year. They're getting ready to have a price increase. And I know you people, and I mean you people as handlers, you guys wait for the last fucking second to do everything. And I know it's not your money, but the hotel fills up quick. Then you got to walk everywhere in Chicago, which is probably going to suck because it's going to be super hot. So... Get your tickets booked. It's going to be August 13th through the 16th this year at McCormick Place in Chicago. Go to hitsk9, letter k number 9.net. Get signed up. Look at the class schedule. Plan on where you're going to go. And, uh, yeah, submit all of your forms to all of your admins so you can get it paid for. And uh, you'll see us there. We're going to be doing live recordings. And come by the booth, get a beer, and uh, have a challenge going. we got some custom challenge coins we're making. So, um we're Which, not uh, we're not giving them beer though, Ted. They have no, to no, no. Yeah, beer. no, yeah. That's yeah. Get a beer was, and bring it with you. If that was if that was not obvious, I guess that's my bad. All right. So uh, one of the booths that's also going to be at hits probably right across from us. If uh, if it's anything like last year's, our friends at Dogtra. Um, I love Dogtra. Dogtra.com. Great company. Um, you guys have heard of us. You know they're especially you guys, you uh, policemen, law enforcement handlers. They're um, Remote is so set up for you guys to have on your gear. There's tons of different uh, Molly gear you can get for Dogtra uh, remotes. The 1900S is the best collar I have used. I love that thing. Their ball popper is all revamped. Um, They figured out anything with a battery should be rechargeable. The ball popper is rechargeable. It's kicking ass. Dogtra.com. They have a discount code, WDR10, for 10% off of any order over $200. Dogtra.com. 
So this next one is somebody that we, it's new to the podcast uh, or they just signed up. So I just mentioned challenge coins. Now, everybody knows that everybody loves dogs and everybody listening, whether you're search and rescue, whether you're FEMA, whether you're, uh, you know, sheriff's office, whatever, everybody in the public loves seeing dogs. And the one thing that I always see is people handing out challenge coins or handing out um, the little like playing cards with the dog's information and all that stuff on it. So one of the new sponsors for the podcast is Combat Bet, which is spelled B-E-T at the end, like you're betting. Uh, They have the little challenge coins that are shaped like poker chips. And ironically enough, they're pretty inexpensive for um, like a department to have for a canine unit. You can have them on their little, you can have the dog's picture on one side, you can have the sheriff's office shield on the other side, whatever you want to do. You can even print on the collar of it. And they do two different versions. They got the the ceramic poker chip ones, and they've also do a couple of metal ones. Um, So depending on how much you want to spend or whatever else, you can get a variety of different things, and they can print pictures on. So you can get the picture of the dog and the handler on there, hand them out to kids when you go do your school demos, and you guys look like heroes, which is freaking awesome. So they're doing a discount code for everybody. So if you go to combatbet.com, and you'll get a discount of 10% off of your total order price, which isn't a whole lot to begin with. So it's Working Dog Radio spelled out. Head over there, hit them up, tell them we sent you. Use a discount code, hand out coins to kids. That's all you got to do. That's it. Yeah, I think our first sponsor that we ever got when we got on the podcast is Arno at ALM. Um, yeah. I love ALM. The dude, the dude has been so good to us, so good to everybody. Um, I'm telling you right now, man, you want tugs, and I mean, we go through tugs a lot. Yeah, I give them out to all the handlers when they come through, and I don't use anyone else but Arno at ALM. Uh, his tugs are the best, period. They hold up. They're great. The dogs love them. Everything's great. And I've I've done a ton of social media stuff about his hidden sleeve. His hidden sleeve is so legit. It is yeah. so good. It's the easiest, the easiest one to put on and take off. It is so functional. Like I use it, you know, under stuff as a hidden sleeve, but I use it as a, just as a regular sleeve sometimes. Um, it, you do feel it. It does suck. I'm not going to lie to you. But it is a... <laughs> Perfect sleeve for what we like to do. He has a discount code WD Radio for ten percent off. ALMK9Equipment.com. Hit him up. Yep. One of the other ones that we uh, super like are the guys at USA Canine. So it's no secret that Eric and I have some dogs that bite hard <laughs> at our kennels yep. and True. tear shit up all the time. Uh, my personal dog loves to chew through Kongs, even the black ones. So the guys at USA Canine. They tend to mm-hmm. last a lot longer. So I use Dutch boxes and I use poppers at the kennel. Uh, we've gotten some that have gone, what, like six months now on ropes with dogs with I don't know how many dogs gone through on uh, these toys. And they're still going very strong. So head over to USA-K9, letter K, number nine. Use the discount code K9, letter K number nine pro, get a discount. They got bombs, they got grenades, they got actual ball-shaped ones. They have a new one too, right? It looked like a little rocket or something. So head over, hit them up, get some toys. Dogs love it. They do. You guys remember our episode with Cameron Ford? Uh, Cameron Ford's worked all over the United States. Um, he's done all time, all kinds of multi-purpose canine training. Detection is his thing. It is what he does the most as what his scientific approach yep. uh, has proven like 
very effective, the things he does. Well, Cameron moved to Las Vegas to join the folks over at Silver State Canine. Um, they offer a ton of stuff. They have a class coming up. you got to get on this quick, though, guys. Uh, July 29th to August 9th. 29th to August 9th. It's a... Um, going to be a handler and trainer's course you got to get on it and they're going to rerun it september 9th through the 20th this is not a cakewalk but i'm telling you you will learn a scientific method for this um it's it's good stuff man check them out silverstatek9.com they um just so say you can't go to vegas can't make it to vegas maybe you don't have enough comp time you got you don't have enough vacation time they won't let you travel you get a hold of uh the folks at silver state and they will send cameron to you and they'll do a 40-hour detection dog seminar for you. You can get your all your unit, get all your training group. He'll come to you. SilverStateK9.com. Check them out. So speaking of traveling, October 30th through November 2nd of this year, our friends down at Southern Coast Canine, New Smyrna Beach, are going to be hosting the Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. It's the Police Motorcycle and Canine Skills Challenge hosted by our friends at Southern Coast, Peggy and Bill and Danny. So uh, I'm actually going to be down there announcing the uh, Hard Dog Fast Dog competition. Now, it's limited to the first 30 canine teams uh, and the first 30 detection teams. And they're also doing a competition the 4th through the 7th, which they do every year, which is a huge odor uh, seminar and detection seminar and competition. And at the end of the three days, you actually certify with NNDDA, but there's going to be 125 teams in attendance, so it should be a good time. Be sure to head over to Southern Coast Canine Hit them up, look at it, and come down and see me, and I'm sure I'll be heckling whoever's going to be decoying because you, you're you going to get smashed. I don't know what to tell you. Get, be on your A game. Yeah. All right, everybody. We are back. Working Dog Radio Broadcasting the Bite. This is Eric Stammer from Canton, Ohio. Actually, Lake Mohawk, Ohio is where I'm looking out the window at the lake right now. With me, as always, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is Ted Summers. Ted, what is up? The temperature. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, it's hot. I mean, we uh, we just got back from uh, Moundsville, West Virginia, at the state penitentiary with uh, HRD doing our doing our thing out there. Had an awesome seminar. Lots of dogs, lots of uh, handlers, and uh, had some admins show up and had the news show up, and it was hot as shit. Yeah. The entire you not think, as hot as we were good. The decoys God. were <laughs> God. Man, I was like, how bad can this be? We're going to go in the basement of this place, right? It's dark, it's spooky, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. one of the most haunted locations in North America. It's still like 90 degrees in the fucking basement. I was like, this is, this sucks. Yeah. And I, I don't know, ghosts don't need care conditioning, apparently. So <laughs> That was a great, great seminar, man. Good yeah. good turnout. We uh, saw some great improvements of dogs. Kind of For a sure. good, you know, mentality change in some of the guys. Uh, a couple of yep. the guys are going to come up and train with me next week. Um, just work on some grip stuff and things like that. So excellent. Should be good. Yeah, it's hot as shit here too. Um, today we're recording this on a Saturday. I've been uh, got up early this morning, went and worked some pet dogs, worked an explosive dog, and then I've been on the boat all day. So it doesn't suck. That part's pretty cool. But uh, after we're done recording, I'm going to go back out on the boat for a little night cruise. Excellent. So what's, uh, what's going on at the kennel? Uh, I've got handler school starting. One of the biggest Malinois I have ever seen, and that you've ever seen, um, is got reassigned. Um, he's close to me. Uh, for those wondering, his BRN is 27195, if you want to look him up. Uh, he's a 125-pound Malinois. 
and uh, he is a fucking beast. He uh, got reassigned. His handler got promoted, and uh, he's coming back for a handler school for like a month. And I'm like, great. I got to work this fucking donkey in a bite suit for a month now. I'm like, that's just great. In August. Yeah. So Sean's like, oh, I'll come down and do it. I'm like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Uh, and then I think we got some guys coming from Tennessee to do handler school. And then I've got two other handler schools starting about the same time. Or actually, three. I take it back. I got three more. So we're going to be running like seven handler schools at once. Plus, we got some other dogs that are just starting. So, uh, yeah, August is going to be busy because uh, we're doing uh, hits. And then we're doing um, mm-hmm. your AARP celebration, right? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, August 7th is my birthday, and I turned 50 on August 7th. So I expect <laughs> nothing, actually. Uh, yeah. Don't even fucking call me. <laughs> no, call me. Don't tag no, just kidding. No carrier pigeon. I'm nothing. one of those. I don't, really, I don't really give a shit about aging. Um, that's why I go to the gym five days a week and run dogs and do everything I can to try to Hey, all you guys, quit sending me pictures of that fucking aging app showing me, like, <laughs> old as shit. Like, dudes, all, my my son started sending me them, and then now, like, fucking John Devine sent me some, a couple other guys. I'm like, hey, dude, what the fuck? Stop. Give me a break, man. So Yes. Well, anyways, this is episode number five of our Ladies of Canine series. Uh, it's been a great month of July. We've had some really good guests. Um we're kind of gonna this our guest tonight is a kind of a continuation on our interview with Christy Schiller a little bit anyways um, you, you guys that listen to the Christy Schiller interview from canines for cops the, it's a little bit of context to it um, she mentions uh, our guest in that interview uh, it's a really good one um, and I, I'll start out before I introduce her telling a little bit of a backstory um, she and I have never met we've talked before. Um, but she played an integral part in helping us out up up in Canton. Um, in January 2016, we had a dog named Jethro shot and killed in the line of duty. And uh, as we talked about in the interview with Christy, she got on the phone with me through some ninja bullshit, fucking NSA stuff, and figured out how to get a hold of me. And, um, you know, got she's like, listen, we deal with... Uh, we have some really good friends here at the Houston Canine Academy, and they got a shipment of dogs in. and um, And I had heard of them; I knew who the Stanzies are, and uh, I know the reputation in, in this business is providing good dogs. And they said they got some in, um, or they're going to Europe right now. Like they were on the plane. Uh, Jason was on the plane because I ended up he ended up messaging me from Europe with some dog ideas and um, talking about some dogs he was getting there, and so few you know pretty quickly he's there he's back he's got dogs he's got dogs that are shit i I think they were only home for like four or five days and and ryan and and uh our friend dave flew down there to houston got the you know red carpet treatment from everybody there and i think they flew in the very next day they were over at the houston canine academy the rest of the time there screening dogs testing dogs media hanging around outside waiting um so they selected a dog named Tuco, and uh, Tuco's a, uh, I think they put a Malahird in his paperwork f- over in Europe. But uh, he he is a dual-purpose narcotics dog, came, you know, and he was Ryan's next dog. We started that class. So he was killed January 10th. We started the class February 1st. So that tells you what 
how fast of a turnaround we're talking about. And um, I couldn't be happy with Tuco. He's done a great job. He's had a hell of a career. So he's been on the road now three years. He gets, you know, numerous bites, numerous drug fines, lots yeah, of good tracks say, and stuff Him like and Ryan that. bite fools for sure. They do. Um, yep. he had a, he had a, when he hit the street, you know, that's the thing about up in Canton. When you hit the road, there's a chance you're going to get a bite the first couple days. And um, he had like three no bites right off the bat. I wasn't worried about it. And and Ryan, if he's listening to this, and if you ever meet him, he'll tell you he screwed him up. They were uh, bad decisions on his part as, as far as how he was deploying the dog. Um, and uh, But then he got a track. I think it was a stolen car and the driver ran. He recognized the passenger as a dude with a warrant. So he tracks the driver, bites him, comes back and the passenger's gone, tracks that son of a bitch and bites him too. And I'm going to tell you, it's been on ever since. And that was all in, um, that started in 2016 and they've been having a hell of a career. I remember Ryan called me to tell me, Hey, I just got two bites on one. On one call, I was ecstatic. I remember exactly where I was, too. I was at the, down at the clubhouse <laughs> here at the lake getting ready for a party. I was ecstatic about that. So, um, But without further ado, uh, we'll get into our guest here. She is um, one half of the couple that own Houston Canine Academy, Jazz Stanzi. Jazz, welcome to the podcast. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here and looking forward to this. Uh, this is my first time. Yes. Yeah, good. First time um, on the radio. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you uh, we got to have you on here. Um, you had a you. birthday party at the house for a two year old today. I appreciate you sneaking out as soon as it was done there to come down and uh, hang out with us. Uh, My pleasure. I, that does mean a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So, Jazz, um, let's talk about before we get into you know being a, a lady of canine and everything like that. Let's go through your background. Kind of give us a, sure. a start from like where you're from, where you grew up, and a little bit of your dog history, and then how we ended up today. You got it. Uh, I started off here in Houston, Texas. I'm back on my stomping ground, uh, born and raised. And then I uh, became a little rebellious, got in the military, had a little bit of the horror story. They said you have to be in four years to be a canine handler. Uh, that was, luckily, that was kind of diverted because of uh, um, September 11th. And I went into a waiver program, and I got picked up as one of the youngest airmen first class to join the working dog, military working dog program. Um, graduated top dog and amongst 13 guys. Then went on to try to do some private uh, contracting, went on DynCorp. DynCorp was subcontracting uh, Vomit Kennels, so I went through their handler program. It just didn't seem right, so I kind of bailed out before I went overseas on that one and then got hired on at Vaughn Lake. I waited a little bit um, to get sent out on another private contract through EODT, went on to Triple Canopy, and then I went on to Blackwater. I did some canine there, and then I thought it would be awesome to do the PSD side, so I did PSD with canine. Um, I left after the Nassau, uh, the Nassau Square shooting and got on the executive protection detail for Eric Prince. And I was his executive protection detail member of amongst three other guys. And then uh, that wasn't it for me. So I got into back to VLK, worked for VLK on a couple of contracts, TSA, single uh, purpose dogs, did a couple of the uh, dual purpose classes. And then I uh, got the opportunity to go overseas and open up VLK Euro with Jason, who I 
hated at the time, like with a passion. <laughs> uh, and then hate became love. And we uh, did VLK Euro for quite a while, got married, and um, things didn't go so well with uh, Kenny. And then we decided to come home and to my house, and we opened up Houston Canine Academy, and this is where we're at. 18 years in it. So, 18 years, wow. So, here's the funny now. thing about Eric Prince. So, he, he he's a businessman running a business. I bet he never expected he would have to have his own personal security detail. That's crazy Not to at all. think about. But. Not at all. Super humble, super humble, and uh, never expected it, but he had to have it. Paparazzi was all over the place, obviously, with all the, the trials, litigation, yeah. and everything. He had to have it for his family, um, also for himself. So, it was, yeah, it was a pretty crazy time. So when you when you went through uh, in the Air Force, did you go through Lackland for your training? Yes. Yep, I did. Nine weeks. So, so uh, tell me about Lackland. Tell me... I hear it's pretty basic crap. It's good stuff. It's behind the times. I hear a lot. There's a lot of people that go through Lackland, so I'm sure there's a ton of opinion, opinions. What What did you take out of it? Yeah, I, yeah. I gotta say it's very basic. Um, it's the type of training that you. I think a lot of guys deal with it. Also, uh, with the police academy, you do a lot of stuff that you never actually use once you go operational. Um, so, you know, once you get out to your base, you're, it's kind of like you're having to undo what you learn, muscle memory, and learn a different manner of, of handling, um, you know, everything pretty much. Um, it, it, I'm not going to knock it. I mean, it definitely got me out there. Uh, I did get attached to a lot of uh, Secret Service. This is going to tell you my age. I did a lot of Secret Service details for the 2004 uh, presidential campaign. Democratic National Convention, Republican National Convention, G8 Summit, all that. So I, I got a lot of exposure, uh, but it is a little, you know, behind times. Uh, actually, it's quite behind times, and I don't know if they've re uh, revamped the program or not. But Is there anything from there that you still do today that you learned at Lackland? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not not, not one bit. Not the kennel care, not the handling, um, nothing. So when you got uh, when you guys moved back, you and see the whole love hate thing is funny because that's Ted and Alicia, except for more hate than love. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hate music. It's hate, uh, and then it's sprinkle a sprinkle a little love here and there. Yelling. Well, I will. I will tell you, it's uh, we are we are complete opposites, but they, like they say, opposites attract. Um, we definitely complement each other when it comes to the work. You know, he's very headstrong, but very laid back. I'm very headstrong and very um, high, high strong, if you will. So it definitely yeah. balances out in the end. So is it just the two of you running or do you have a staff now? Yep. So we do. Um, as of last year, I want to say November, uh, we pulled on Eddie Dickman, who I've known for a long time. We actually went downrange together. Jason and Eddie grew up together since, you know, toddlers or I think they were young like maybe five six uh, over in Peru Indiana and then we also pulled in his wife Shannon Dickman who is uh, taking on office administration I'm so happy about that and uh, we have Jenna Cockle who is running our kennels as a kennel master so it's it's a five-man team five-man woman team if you will we're constantly putting our hands on the dogs it, we like it better that way we have a lot more control a lot more eyes on the dogs um, we do all the training from, you know, from green, green, green. Um, and then that way we know the, the final product. Yeah, that's awesome. 
because uh, I think when I think when Ryan and Dave came down to get Tuco, you it was just you and Jason doing all the work at that that's point. Right. I believe. Yeah. Yes, we were. That's all that's day, a lot. All night. That's a lot of work. Yes, it oh, is. Yeah. But then again, we didn't have any kids, so this was always been our passion. Even you know, starting up VLK Euro, um, it's just been our work ethic. You know, we put in all. Uh, it doesn't matter what time we end. Doesn't matter what time we start. That's the way we've always been. Uh, Jason, being from another, you know, another state, he's just ha- shared that same passion, that same view, and the, the work ethic. I think is huge. Also, uh, a huge contribute contribution to it all. So, did you go to Europe to start VLK Europe, hating Jason? Like you went there, you're like, mm-hmm. I got to go with this son of a bitch. No. So let me tell you. Let me give you a little detail on this. <laughs> so I get called. <laughs> Uh, It's quite funny, actually. I get called and I was told, hey, we have to fulfill a contract for um, uh, the Iraqi college where Iraqi soldiers were going to start handling explosive detector dogs. I'm like, all right, awesome. They see that I can handle this. I can do it on my own. It was like about 40 dogs every month getting sent out from Europe onto straight to Iraq. So I think I'm going on my own. I go up to the um, flight desk to go check in right at the gate in Chicago. And I hear this very familiar voice and he's talking and he's asking for a seat change. And they're like, well, we can't change your seat <laughs> at the time. And I look over and I'm like, what straight up? I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? He goes, I'm going to Europe. I'm going to go start up this contract. I'm like, Oh hell no. So I call Connie. Connie was working at VLK and I said, Connie, I'm going with this fucking jerk. And she was like, listen, you girl power, you do what you know to do. Don't worry about him. You guys aren't even staying in the same place. Jason's going to go stay with his best friend, Ronald Essence. You're going to go stay with Arnold Von Udelar, the owner of uh, Police Dog Center Holland. Like, really, dude? So I look at him. He looks at me. He's got some little girlfriend. He's talking around. I'm going to mess you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ugh, you're going to make me vomit. We're sitting right next to each other on the freaking plane. I was so disgusted by him, just like, I, just because I couldn't stand him. I was like, he had his own system of working dogs, and I was constantly, you know, anytime a dog didn't work, they were like, well, Jason can handle it. I'm like, oh. So I would start, you know, like shutting my mouth and trying to work these magic dogs, these project dogs, if you will, that just were so hard to train up. Anyway, so we get on the plane. I immediately change my seat. We get in, and the two Dutch guys that picked us up, we're laughing so hard because I was sitting in the back seat against one window. He's facing the other window and they know something we don't know. So we pull up into what they call a chalet park and a chalet park is straight up a trailer park, but they call it chalet because it's like a vacation trailer park central. Mm. They pull up and they're like, guess what? Ronald is in Yugoslavia with his family. Arnold is on vacation holiday as they call it. That's like two freaking weeks. So you guys have to stay in this trailer together. There's no internet. There's no TV. There's wicker chairs in there. There's two bedrooms. This asshole walks in, <laughs> my husband, Jason, walks in and immediately takes the queen-size bedroom. Then there's another room. It's like for little kids. It's like these single bunk beds. And he's like, I said, hey, you know, I am a girl. Are you not going to give me the first? He was like, loser lose snooze, you know what I mean? Like, you're no, I'm not giving it to you. And so we sat there, very awkward silence. We turn on the TV pretty late at night. And they have this German, you know, like, what is this like sex phone line or whatever? And they're like touching themselves. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I immediately turn off the TV. I start playing solitaire acting like I'm talking to somebody on the internet. He's talking to his girl. Cause he has AT&T. I have Verizon. I can't get over international call. And so we end up like that, by the way, it's like Friday. So now we have to endure each other 
Saturday, Sunday, no vehicle. So we have to figure out how the hell we're going to get food, who we're going to talk to, all this. So Monday, when we get to work, he's like, listen, I, I don't work like this. So either we got to squash it. What's your deal with, with me? And I was like, I just, I don't like you. And he was like, and that right there, that's the reason why I can't stand you. You're a snobby bitch. I'm like, oh, my God, what? Really? You just said that to me? He was like, all right, so now that that's done and over with, let's move on. So we moved on, and, I mean, from that point on, I thought he was the funniest. By the way, he's leaving right now. Um, he was just the funniest, mm-hmm. like, coolest guy. Um, he, he, It was just, love you. Um, <laughs> just the coolest guy ever. Um, really down to earth, knew his stuff, and that was, like, that was it. That's all she wrote. Um, and then we were inseparable from there. A lot of people, they're like, how do you guys sleep, eat, shit, go home, go back to work, and y'all are around each other 24-7, and it's, it's what we know. That's it. It's like being over-the-road truck driver team. No, you thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah. so we have a trailer. We have Europe. We have a trailer. German porn. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> wicker dogs. furniture, that's, that's, by the way. Wicker, wicker furniture. Wicker furniture. And wicker furniture. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like, like a pot, love story. Fucking yeah. pottery barn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so t- let's talk about, because we talked about this before we started recording. Some folks, you know, we have, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners here that were fans of the uh, Alpha Dog TV series that was filmed up there at uh, Bonnet Kennels. And um, you know, it was mostly Kenny and Danny and the guys. There was one female that they showed on a pretty regular basis, and that was you. So those of you who are listening to this, you probably remember her now as I'm talking this. As you're listening to this, you'll go back and watch it. And if I remember right, they had you They just showed you working a bunch of dogs, and you had your own personal dog. And then there was the, the Olympics that they have up there, uh, competing in the Olympics. And then you got bitten by a dog in there. Um, talk My about the filming of the TV show. Well, listen, I, I just got my bubble bursted like recently. Cause I've been gone from the United States at that point. I was gone out of the United States for about 15 years. Um, not, not completely, but touch and go being in Iraq, Afghanistan, living in Aviano, Italy. Um, just, I was gone so much. So when I came back, you know, reality shows were the shit and, uh, I was following real housewives like a lot of females were. And mm-hmm. I started this uh, reality show. Um, well, I didn't start it, but I was part of the reality show and they have these scripts and I was like, Oh my God, none of this stuff is really like the way it is. A lot of it's scripted. They give you your, the script for the day, what their, their idea is, what their, their goal for the day is. And, and then they give you the steps of how they're going to edit and t- video and whatever. Um, so that was that was really just eye opening, and the fact that just there was so much edit, editing and so much direction given by the direct uh, director's crew, production, and I had Fanta at the time. She was my personal dog. Jason actually bought her for me while we were in Europe, and I had done some training on my own time. Uh, I was working her on explosives, um, and then it went on where Honolulu came in, Honolulu SO, and they were wanting a female, and. At the same time, they had said, hey, we're going to throw you in, and we want you, we're going to follow you throughout the entire competition with your private dog. And I was the only one that I know of, but the only one that had a private dog amongst the kennel staff, and I knew that I could make it through the competition. As I had done it maybe two or three years prior, every year it got a little harder and a little longer. So I went through the whole competition. We also had 
coincidentally, Canines for Cops was at the, out there. There's a lot of media. There's a lot of people that come in from all over, including Dave Blosser. He does judging and, and, and that and just a bunch of people. And uh, so the day came where we did hard dog, fast dogs. And again, a lot of it staged. Did I agree to get bit? Not really in, in the full context of it, but yeah, it was part of what went down. And so Fanta, I took her off and in the adrenaline, she turned around and she got my leg. It wasn't anything, I'm a bleeder. So it wasn't anything like <laughs> over the top. She wasn't vicious about it. She immediately let go. Me, uh, the camera crew was like, yes, we needed this. We wanted the drama. So they followed me over to uh, where the... Um, the uh, ambulance was the EMT crew, <laughs> and uh, that, of course, was the highlight. So I got, I hey, I got some media cred off of that, I guess. <laughs> ah, that sucks. <laughs> Getting bit by your own dog. Damn it! I get bit so yeah. often. Like, I mean, I get, I average two pretty good ones a year. Where I gotta get stitched up. Other than that, I get tagged all the time. But still, fuck that. There sucks. you go. And that's what I try to tell the guys. Like, I'll have guys that are like, ah, it just got bit. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's a little tight. Do you want to see No this? stitches, no report. Shut the fuck up and go back to work. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I, I average about two a year. I've already had one this year. So uh, I'm hoping that I'm going to go below average. So <laughs> there you go. So how um, let's we got a, a bunch of stuff to talk about. But let's talk about uh, since I mentioned in the beginning your relationship with Canines for Cops, how'd that all come about and what is it, what has it been like? Uh, it's been awesome. I will say uh, it, they've got a great mission um, and they've got great supporters. They've got great uh, board members that, that, you know, want to fulfill the mission uh, and that is to provide, um, you know, departments that are needing the canine asset. They don't have the budget, so they give them the grant. And uh, they sought us after they had some, you know, they just were not happy with their vendors um, and they moved on and like anybody would, you know. And so uh, I actually, you know, coincidentally, because we met at the uh, Hard Dog Fast Dog that year, they heard that we moved down and they reached out and they said, we have granted some dogs and we are in a bind because we need dogs for those grant recipients. So they contacted us. We were able to head out to Europe. We, you know, we did a lot of networking. We were trying to pull, like anything that we do, we're trendsetters and we try to move on to newer uh, vendors, right? The vendors get depleted like dirty clothes. And so we wanted to move on and that's what we did. We moved on to a lot of new vendors, a lot of younger vendors, a lot of vendors that agreed with our ideology on how to raise a young dog and get them into the working dog mode. And so with that said, we called somebody and we immediately went over to Europe. Um, borrowing money from my dad. I mean, I stupidly threw out so much money for my damn wedding. It wasn't even worth it because in the end, we had to have VLK and it, just, <laughs> it, it went to shit. Um, I'm sure you'll hear it from everybody else and I'm not going to bad talk anybody, but it went to crap. Worst wedding of my life. So Jason knows me one. <laughs> we uh, went out, we went and got some dogs, came back and we had about, I want to say about eight agencies show up at the kennel like within a week, all there to do a selection all at once. Um, and we didn't, you know, we didn't really know how else to do it other than we want to give everybody first come first serve. So let's just put everybody at the same time. And that's what we did. And we were very successful with it. Um, since then, you know, we've been the uh, kennel of choice, one of, you know, they have to main maintain, you know, um, equality and that they're not favor showing favoritism to just one vendor. And, um, you know, we've been really good to them just as they've been really good to us. So we're very grateful for Canines for Cops. They, uh, she said on her episode the other day that 
just in the Houston area, they've put out like 64 dogs. Are those all from you? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, I will say there were one or two, a couple of them, I will say, one or two still working, and that came out of the um, AK, AMK9 program. I think they were the hero dog, the hero dogs, the dogs that came back in, and they sent them back out to work. So, yeah, they're still working right now. I want to say there's about one or two in the area that are from there. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I think the majority of them are from us. We follow through with the guys. So, you know, anytime that uh, we go out training, we have them come. We do spot checking. Um, we tell the guys we're like a freaking leech. Once you start off with us, we're going to always be hounding you to see how you're doing. Uh, we want to make sure that they're on top of their game. Constant <coughs> training, real-world type training. Um, so, yeah, it's been, been been really good. Honestly, it was a surprise because we didn't think that there was going to be such a big audience here in Texas. Yeah, when you're, there's a lot when of you're, Actually, Jason... <laughs> Jason and I were talking about it when you're somewhere and you're so blindfolded, like you're so just tunnel vision, you know, we didn't have very many um, people come up to Indiana when we were VLK. So we thought the, you know, we were kind of freaking out when we left. I'll be honest with you. When, when we left, I was like, what are we going to do? This is the high strength part of me stressed. I was like, what are we going to do? He's like, well, what do you think we're going to do? We're not going to go flip burgers. We're going to do what we know to do. We've been doing it so good. We've been doing it for somebody else. Why wouldn't we do it for ourselves? And then to see the amount of people that were hurting and, and, and wanting really good dogs, good medical, good drive, um, good training, it was a little overwhelming. But, um, yeah, we've been super blessed. Yeah, so have you guys uh, tossed around the idea of starting your own breeding program or at least buying from uh, U.S. vendors? Uh, we have not come back around the side to the U.S. vendors, but we have started our own procurement program over in Europe. Um, so we start off our, our, our pups pretty young. Uh, we watch the dogs all the way through. We do have, you know, if a, a dog fails out of the program, we do have to where our vendors can sell them to somebody else. You know, there's other clients out there that are looking for a lesser dog or a different type of dog, so to say. Um, everybody has, you know, a different idea of what is a good dog. And so anytime that we don't, con- you know, don't keep a dog in our uh, procurement program, wherever we're able to push them off somewhere else and we just keep, the other ones continue on in training until we're ready to pull them in anywhere between 13, 18 uh, months, some, some of them two years, but we have them for ourselves. So those are our own dogs. So like I said in the beginning, I was talking to uh, Jason on Messenger or email. I can't remember on um, when he was in Europe looking at dogs. Yep. How, how often are you still going over there? Uh, we're actually going once every month. And the – Part about it for us is we will never back off and just ask somebody to send us a group of dogs. Never. It doesn't matter if I've seen the dogs the last trip or Jason saw the dogs. So we try to alternate. Jason goes one month, I go the next month. Uh, it doesn't matter if we're getting single-purpose dogs. It doesn't matter if we're getting sporting breed dogs or dual-purpose. Who, Whatever we need, I'm going or he's going. We're hand-picking them. Uh, we're doing all the medical. And um, so we know exactly what we're getting uh, just because we're seeing these dogs from so young and then building them up. So we'll know, like, for example, we know a dog named Batty and this dog, common name, right? So this dog mm-hmm. will start off with us and we already know, hey, the hunt is just not where we want it or the possession is not where we want it or the bite's not where we want it. We want to um, focus on the bite a little bit more and we'll keep our notes and I'll hand them off to Jason and Jason will look at the dog and if he's ready to come, he's ready to come. If he's not, we'll keep him in the program. If we just say we're going to wash them and hand them off to somebody else, we do that. 
Tuco was our first dog that we got at the department. Dogs I've gotten from vendors have all been, almost I think almost all of them from Holland. I think maybe even one from Germany. You get yours from, you have uh, several countries you go to, or have yep. you narrowed in on a on a couple? No, we, we go everywhere, uh, honestly. Like I said, the one of the biggest perks, and this is why I'll never knock my past, um, I've been given some huge privileges and opportunities. Uh, when we were living in Europe, man, we were literally cherry-picking out of anybody that came because we were living there. We had first show, first pick. And that taught us so much. So, you know, I can't knock that, but um, we, we ventured out. You know, we were stuck with Holland for a long time. Then we went hungry. We've gone out to Serbia now, Romania, um, Czech Republic. We have gotten some dogs from Croatia. I want to say since we started in 2013, I want to say about six dogs from Croatia. Um, Czech Republic is still, is still going. Slovakia is still going. But we try to get away from where you know, the, the U S market is depleting the inventory. So like I said, we, we start washing some dogs. We can't expect the Europeans are very European. They're all about selling. They're all about trade. And so you can't always expect them to hold on to dogs for you. Well, yeah. And so, like, that's the thing. Like some of the vendors we deal with, um, my partner's been dealing with for over 20 years. It's not just us. It's the South Africans, the Australians, the Chinese, yep. the South Koreans, the Japanese, Israelis, the Israelis. Of course, they have a huge kennel. There's some vendors that from Israel that are selling dogs in the United States. And that and yep. some of those dudes will call every single sheriff's department in the country, all 3,266 yep. counties and boroughs, administrative districts, and they will leave messages with people. And they are cheap as fuck to get dogs. Yep. But when you have to replace it, they take your shit that you've already trained and sell it to somebody else's pre-trained. Um, That's right. So... <laughs> It may, or may not, it, it may or may not have happened in my home department. I'm just saying. So, um, but at that, so uh, in that kind of vein, you know, like 10 years ago or shit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess 10 years ago. I mean, you would pay X amount of dollars for a dog and it'd be 800 bucks for shipping and it'd be a fucking rock star. So, and that was green, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they lied. Like 10 years ago, it was like, uh, yeah, this dog's for 16 months old and fucker, he's 24 months old. Right now they're like, oh, he's 18 months old and he's like nine. I mean, that's you get right. the, you get him his fucking right. ears aren't you? You look at him his ears aren't even fucking standing up, and I'm like, yep. I have pickles and facial hair older than this dog, and I mean, like, there's no way this motherfucker's 18 months old. So, what is green now? And this is a huge debate in this industry because I'll have people. I had somebody contact me yesterday, a department that wanted a green dog. I'm like, well, what do you want? And they're like, oh, green. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I mean, I got a puppy. It ain't green anymore. Right. Well, it's I mean. And what I've been telling people is that green means it's never been certified or run on the street. Pretty much now, yeah. And because I'll get green dogs that are 11 months old that have never seen a tennis ball and turn out to be rock stars. And in fact, right. I've, placed, uh, I've placed two dogs that are like that, and they went from zero to hero in 11 weeks and were fucking nuking fools. And then I'll get dogs that are 20 months old that from the day their eyes opened were prepared and raised specifically for this. And those yep. technically are green also. So, you know, what are you guys, like, what is green to you? Like, if a department calls you and they're like, hey, Jazz, we want a green dog, like, what are they looking at? So this is a huge, yeah, that, that's a good, good uh, topic right there. We've run into this so much. So when we were running VLK Euro, um, we actually had some U.S. clients come right to us. This is other, other kennels. And their definition of green was, like, the dog has to have a search pattern. 
the dog has to do this. The dog has to have a bite. The dog has to already start doing a building search, uh, vehicle extraction. That's not green. That's God not damn, green that's almost done. Exactly. <laughs> what the hell? I'm like, uh, I'm like so, fuck. And let me guess, they're like, oh, our budget's four grand. You're like, oh, fuck you, go right. away. <laughs> like, that's right. And go so away. We, we started educating people. It's like, dude, you can't ask me for a green dog and expect this dog to have. Do you understand that a methodical search, a search pattern in the manner that you want it up, down, and just precise, that is like, that's man-made or that's man-induced. So you're yeah. not looking for a green dog. You're looking for a dog that has already had some training in him. Maybe not necessarily on odor, but that's another thing, though. Right. You know, oh, nowadays, yeah. they're already, the Europeans, man, they're smart. You know, if they can get an extra buck. I've, I've seen people, I'm like, did you just really take that for a duel? Because that motherfucker didn't really latch on. All he did was show a little bit of commitment it was more play than anything on that bite and you're going to take it as a duel again everybody has different eyes different wants but uh here now with the green um the the departments that are asking for green it is not green they're no. they're looking for dogs that have these patterns that have a nice bite i mean you know there's not a much uh and when you it, when you're dealing with trainers they don't have that savviness to understand and i'm not saying all trainers i'm saying some trainers they don't have that savviness to understand. Uh, I've worked on that dog. Hey, that dog may even have an issue. Um, and you're seeing something else that, that is not true. That is, uh, that's conditioned. So for everybody listening that's either a selection guy or a trainer that does green for your own department or for vendors that are listening to this or for you in Europe or wherever you guys are at that are listening to this, <laughs> I'll tell you the secret sauce to tell who you're talking to. When somebody calls you and they say, I want a green dog, I'm like, all right, what age do you want? And if they say, uh, we'll take an 11 month old dog, I'm like, yeah, okay. And the other side of that coin is that they say it just has to pass selection. I'm like, oh, really? And all of a sudden I kind of pause and I'm like, and what is that? Mm -hmm. And then they get real vague with you and you're like, all right, so what's the oldest you've ever taken? They're like, we'll take a three year old dog as long as it passes mm -hmm. selection. I, I have gone through tests like that. And let me tell you, they expect a dog to fight a fucking man in a phone booth for minutes for 20 and, minutes yeah, yeah right. i mean and i'm like all right no fair enough so knowing who you're talking to because those people like you know those departments and, and no, i'm not knocking them at all because they they have a very truncated time that they have to get that That's dog right. in the street and the only thing that they need is to teach that dog odor and that motherfucker comes in there and nukes people and has no problem, and all they got to do is teach you to find a couple drugs and call it good, that's what they mean green. You got a little bit of extra time? Fine. But when people start talking to me and they're like, oh, we want a dog from 11 to 30 months old, I'm like, bro, that's a massive difference, not only in maturity, but also in the... If you find a 30-month-old dog that ha that is of any quality, that has no work put on him, I will eat my fucking hat. I don't care which country. Maybe, like... I don't know, some random ass country in Africa, but he's not going to be of any quality. But if, if you're in no. Europe or North America, if you find a 30 month old dog from working lines with good, like with good potential that has no work, I'll eat my hat today. Well, you're mm -hmm. also going to be mean, paying a lot. No one, and that's where Jason and I, we've been trying to tell everybody, no one wants to hold on to dogs that long. They want a quick turnaround. You know, everybody does. I mean, if they can pop it off, but no one's holding on a dog. And it's exactly what we're seeing, what you said. It's a nine month old dog and they're putting it as 18 month old, but nobody's holding on to the dogs for 18 months anymore. Uh, unless you have your own, you know, like we do, we have our, our, our vendors that we have coached through it on exactly how we want. And, um, you know, helping in regards to, uh, the, the bite work, um, we taught them all on 
how to transition these dogs here in the United States so that we have to do some work, but that they've got the bases down and it's a solid foundation. That's I mean, I'll be, a, I'll be honest with you. Some of the most successful dogs I have locally and nationally are the dogs that we bred, selected, raised, trained, and then trained the handler. Um, in fact, I mean, one, a couple of them are local to me and still are here. Uh, you know, I mean, I, we watched them being born and then, you know, raise them and then placed them, you know, selected them and did the whole process. And that is the most successful. Um, those are some of the most successful dogs. I, I, I think a lot of it comes down to the handler selection because they have really good handlers, too. Uh, and yep. they train with uh, us every week all the time. Yep. So I'm constantly on their ass. But, you know, that that is, I think, so I mean, the foundation is so important, which is why donated dogs. And I don't mean from canine for cops. I mean, like dogs that come from rescues fucking wherever like it doesn't really yeah. matter like just pick a place and donated dogs that are like i think this dog would be a good police dog and foundation the foundation work is such a an important part of even producing a green dog that um i, I you know i've gotten to the point now where i would just as soon do my own breeding program just for us in house which we kind of do now just because I know what we want, I know what we like, I know what we produce, and I know what comes out of those dogs, and I know what exactly what I have to do uh, to be successful. Um, and, you know, the end result is generally always dogs that find shit and bite people, which is what they're supposed to do. So <laughs> we've, had to do that. we've had to do that recently, guys. I mean, we've had to pull in dogs at a young age and just pull them in. Like, we're just like, you know what? This is going to grow. Um, so we'll, we know for a fact they're seven, eight months, and we're like, man, don't, don't keep them there because – Either they're going to get sold or they're going to they're going to try to do something so fast to raise that price. And it's not worth it because you end up losing the dog. It ends up losing, you know, it's it's bite. It ends up losing uh, the commitment, the intensity. Um, so, yeah, we pulled in dogs six, seven, eight, nine months, and we just keep on working until we know that they're mature enough and that they're solid. Yeah. And I mean, that's a that's a large financial undertaking because, I mean, it you're sure looking at, at almost a year before you can even put that dog as quote unquote green. And, mm -hmm. you know, even at that point, green prices vary from like, if you're on the East coast or fuck, especially in Florida, green prices there versus then. And then the other thing that we got to account for is like, there are people in those places that are very accomplished trainers and can finish a dog from quote unquote green to certified, like, you know, Florida, because of the way their program is set up. Uh, same thing with like Massachusetts, some of the other East coast States, uh, West Coast states, but like central portion of the country, like if somebody calls me for a green dog, I'm like, yeah, who are you? And because I mean, at this point, like if somebody comes to you and says we need a green dog, and then they ask you for a warranty a couple weeks later because the dog quote unquote can't be trained, what do you do? I can finish the green this dog. dogs is a slippery slope. Yeah, I and I almost don't even do it anymore just because I'm like they're like oh because well, like I can finish this dog. It doesn't mean that they can, and okay. we run into that a, a lot and. Uh, not me, but uh, my partner has refused to sell dogs to people because he thinks they're an idiot. So <laughs> he's like, "No, nah, fuck no, we'll end up taking that dog back because that guy's a dipshit." I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> so yeah. uh, I mean, but when, yeah. When we got Tuco from you guys, Tuco was, I believe, from Hungary, if I remember yep. right. And at that yep, that time, right. Jason said you were getting mo at that time a lot of most of your dogs from Hungary. Um, That's right. I was surprised. So at that point, you know, <clears throat> I'd been selecting dogs for the police department um, from vendors here. 
that had imported them. And, and at that time, green was definitely biting a sleeve, some suit exposure. Some dogs yep. were full up on a suit. They had a few obedience commands. Blosser even every once in a while have a dog like, listen, I, he's been on boxes for odor for like a week, you know, or three days. And he's still, he still saw him to a department as green. Um, yep. But when Tuco do. got here, <clears throat> yep. Tuco got here. He didn't know shit, nothing, sit, nothing. That's right. Well, that's right. I, and I didn't know. And Jason's like, oh yeah, dude, that's, that's what we're seeing everywhere now. We're getting the dogs come yep. in. Cause like the first day we're, we're starting messing around and uh, I'm like, well, he doesn't know, he doesn't know anything. So we have to try to teach him everything all at once. The obedience, yep. e everything as we're on the fly, he's biting the fuck out of us. I got bit like, yeah, Ryan got bit a bunch. Yeah, dude. I had a dude yeah, from another country here that. observing. He got tagged. It's like, I can't have you biting foreigners, dude. Not right now. Yeah, dude. yeah. That's funny. No, that's happened to us. I mean, we get a dog and like they'll send us the videos and we'll look at them and I'm like, why? What? They're green. Well, they're no, no, they're not. Like, and that's the thing. I'm like, why are the fuck are they selling this dog? I'm like, there'd be something wrong with him. And we've bought a couple of those, and they ended up being great dogs. One of them. He was sold as having an out, right? I'm like, it's a green dog has an out. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And the bite work looked fine. And the guy that we eval had a value, he's like, oh, no, he outs fine. I'm like, well, how'd you out him? Like, oh, we lifted him off. I'm like, oh, okay. Come to find out, verbal out meant he was going to get in a fight with a handler and he'd turn around and redirect. Oh, man. Yeah. So the fucker that owned him decided that the easiest thing to do was sell him to the dipshit Americans or to the British or yep. to the South Africans because we can figure it out or like that's the kind of dog we like or something. So I had to teach this dog. Now, to this day, if you say los to that dog, he will try and fucking kill you. If you say out, he'll. I, I, it's so bad that I have decoys say los and he'll try and kill him. Los doesn't mean out. It means I'm going to fight with whoever says it. And yep. now if you say out, you're like, hey, dog name out. And he boop, he spits it out, no problem. But no, I know why they sold that dog now. But other than that, yep. that dog was gangster as shit. He's bitten people and found all kinds of stuff. And he's awesome. You just can't say the word Los or he'll try and kill you. We learned really quick um, being over there. We learned so many tricks of the trade. Um, we would watch people. You know, we, we're very um, honest, sometimes too honest. But that's how our clients know us, and that's what's gotten our reputation. And, man, to see some of the things that these guys would do. And like I said, that's part of, you know, the business over there. Uh, get the dog sold. We would see dogs have the chips, uh, you know, like the chip would be under the collar. Or oh, man. Just like yeah. you said, you know, the editing of videos. I hate videos. I can't stand yeah. it when a client asks me for a video. I'm like, you're down the street. Come over here. You know, there's so much editing done. I could stop it. I could do it myself. I don't like to do it. Come and see it or come and do a site visit. Um, but for them to sell these dogs, you know, the medical is huge. This is one of the main reasons uh, on top of seeing the quality of the dog and, and, you know, taking the bites ourselves and doing all the handling. Because uh, you can have a dog that is so awesome with one handler and then they come to the United States and the transition is horrible. Then they're trying to eat you up or they shut down. And you just can't do that with a small business. You can't have that loss. Uh, or that risk factor. But one of the biggest things for us was the medical. And I don't know if you guys remember how bad medical was at one point, but you would have a dog come in, you'd sell it to the department. Not, we saw a lot of this when we worked elsewhere. But you would see the dog, and then you get a phone call about two, three months later, hey, we just redid the x-rays, and by the way, this is not even the same freaking dog. <laughs> um, and then the dog would get returned back to that kennel, but we are just like, this ain't going to happen in our business. So yeah. we actually do the x-rays with them, and it's become kind of uh, the, the 
you know, the, the, the customary now with all, all the vendors. They want to be there. They want to see the, the dogs on the table. They want to know that it is the dog that they're taking home. Yeah, that, so many we, got, learned. we got smoked on that a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, now I, I require radiographs from a, from a, uh, a vet that we know there sent directly yep. to me or Scott. Yep. And then when the fucker gets here, he goes straight there and gets him again. <laughs> yep. And the vendors know if it's not the same dog that they replace it and it's their problem and not mine. So, yep. um, that has pretty much stopped that. Yeah. So th- that's, yeah, we, we dealt with that a couple of times and I, and the, one, I actually got that they actually sent me radiographs with the chip number that didn't match the dog. Yep. <laughs> like I was like, seriously, I'm like, I know Oops. that we speak different languages, but ma- numbers are numbers, shithead. So, like, I mean, I'm not a retard. Like, I can match the numbers, and these don't even match. I mean, and on top of that, the, the x-rays they sent me were a female, and it was a male dog. Yep. Here's a little tidbit. So we went, um, you know, we had we had been out of Holland for quite a while. We went uh, about, I want to say, a year ago now. Jason and I both went uh, one of the few times that we actually were able to go together. And I get shown this dog, strong, strong, blue mouth. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. I mean, it's like freaking 9 o'clock at night. We're at a damn warehouse. We're doing the testing. They're like, okay. Uh, Jason was like, I'm going to get in the suit. I was like, motherfucker, now you got me handling this dog, and I've already seen how strong he is. As soon as you stay out, he looks at the corner of his eyes up at you, and he's like, bitch, I'm going to lay on you. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm just, you know, I'm going to get, get bit tonight. So we are about to do the transaction. We needed a strong dog, but obviously we can't stand bringing dogs that are not social. We tell the client, this is what we got. We're about to do the transaction. Let me see the x-rays. And I noticed that the numbers are changed on the passport. Just the actual year is changed from like three to a five. And it's the only part that is altered on there. And I'm looking at the puppy. He didn't, he didn't change the vaccinations on the back, but the puppy uh, vaccines were from the year 2013. So I was like, all right, and maybe you guys know this, maybe you don't. So here's a little tidbit. I get on petbase.eu, and the dog was registered, and it says 2013. I look at the guy, and I'm like, and I'm not going to say his name, but I look at the guy. He's a Dutch guy, and I'm like, really? He's like, what the hell? I got this from a handler. I'm like, man, come on, dude. We're out here at 9 o'clock at night. He he's surprised. Just been honest with me. Mm-hmm. And he said he was surprised. I talked to another person in the morning, and they're like, he, he knew. He knew what was going on. I was like, yeah, he did. It was the first time dealing with him. And I told him, I said, now you, you screwed it for yourself because I'll never come back to you again. Um, so thank you for wasting yeah. my time. We ended up finding an awesome dog. It was a very, very green dog, but we ended up getting it out of um, Serbia. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> yeah, All right. yeah, for sure. Uh, we are going to take a break for a second, come back with Jazz. We're going to pay some bills, so uh, stay tight. We'll be back. Hey, guys, we got a great new sponsor, man. We're super excited about this. I have a box full of challenge coins. I love them. Everywhere we go, I'm always asking people, do you have challenge coins, challenge coin? Um, But I don't have one. Working Dog Radio doesn't have one. Torchlight doesn't have one. HRD doesn't have one. So we are going to get those. We're going to get them made. And we're looking around, trying to figure out who we're going to use, who we're going to get to make these challenge coins. We partnered up with the good people at Combat Bet. That's C-O-M-B-A-T. B-E-T. And they've got several different cool styles to choose from. 
They got other things too. They got some cards. They got a lot of different cool stuff. They're giving a uh, discount code for us, Working Dog Radio. Um, I can't wait. Um, we're going to get uh, these challenge coins. And I'm telling you, if I give you one, you better have it. If I see you, I'm going to blast that thing out on the bar and you have to buy me a drink. CombatBet.com. Check them out. They have several different styles of coins. Um, we're really super proud to have them on here, man. CombatBet.com. Yeah, it's no secret that uh, Eric and I use a lot of equipment at either up in Ohio, Venice, or here at Torchlight. Uh, we've been using Dog Triff for years. Both of us have. Um, even before we even started the podcast, you know, one of my favorite products is a 1900S hands-free. I use it all the time, and I've uh, even got a different collar on it so I can put it on dogs super fast. Uh, there's no messing around with it or whatever else, and I just keep the remote in my pocket, and I have the finger kick on my on my finger or on my wrist and uh, makes it super easy. But doctor's got several products and not just for police dogs. You know, I was doing for hunting dogs. They've got a long history uh, with the hunting dog community, but uh, great products, several things for everybody from pets all the way up to working dogs. And they also have the awesome ball watcher and popper that I use the kennel. Uh, I think I've got four of those things now and um, we've got them in a box. And I've got them hidden in cars, all kinds of stuff. But for uh, listeners, anytime you use the discount code WDR10, you get 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. And that's at dogtra.com. Go hit them up, dogtra.com. Hey guys, coming up, it's coming up August, August 13th through the 16th, the HITS conference. HITS is the best conference going. It's the biggest. It's, uh, there's only a couple conferences that we back and we sponsor over here at Working Dog Radio based on who runs it, the type of material, the type of training, the instructors, everything they get, nothing shady happening. HITS, um, I can't say enough about the guys. You've heard them on the podcast, man. They're all legit. They're handlers. Um, they're out there working every day with that dogs, with those dogs, and they're putting on this big, huge conference. They got a uh, price increase coming up, man, so don't mess around. This year it's in Chicago at McCormick Place. Like It's the size of Canton, Ohio, pretty much, the entire <laughs> venue that they're going to be at. Um, check them out. HitsK9.net. Don't wait. Yeah, and, you know, one of the other uh, sponsors that we have that's also uh, nothing shady going on that we're super happy to have on the podcast <laughs> is Ray Allen. Uh, I think Ray Allen made equipment for um, dogs that are on the Ark. They've been around for so long. Uh, their product designer, uh, you know, Matt, is one of our good buddies. Uh, we love that dude to death. Uh, they do a good job there. They've got that new treat pouch that Eric really likes. Uh, keep your fucking hoodies from smelling like hot dogs or, or Bill Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just ordered a bunch of rubber arms, and we ordered a leg for Eric. Uh, that uh, is good for proofing patrol dogs. And they've got everything, not just for police dogs. They got stuff for working dogs, and they got stuff for uh, for other working dogs like search and rescue or hunting, and then also just for pets. Also, they've got leashes and everything for and harnesses. Just regular collars, everything you need. If you're going to go over there, make sure you use the discount code, also Working Dog Radio, spelled out. Uh, the beginning of each letter needs to be, or word needs to be capitalized. You'll get uh, 10% off your first order. And yeah, they have just about everything you need except for the dog and the patrol car. So hit them up and not owned by a uh, somebody that has pled guilty to uh, sex offender crimes. So there's that. You guys have heard me talk and Ted talk about our relationship with Highland Canine. Um, 
we've done it on social media. We, you've heard it here in the commercials and things. And we do that because we believe in the Pergasons and we believe what they got going on there. Um, they have a school for dog trainers. They got a police dog training school. Um, and, and they started to realize what they were doing was everything was um, basic training for them. And they do have a lot of basic training classes. They take you. Uh, they teach you, say you're a handler, they're training you, and then boom, out you go on the road. But what we see in this business is most guys don't follow up with any kind of advanced courses. So Highland Canine, they're like, you know what, we're going to take care of that. They have started a um, advanced detection, or excuse me, an advanced um, canine courses, like a whole curriculum they're rolling out. Back in April, they started with an advanced detection course. Um, they're going to go into advanced skills for every aspect of police canine training. Uh, be sure to check it out. Look for upcoming classes, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Harmony, North Carolina. Check them out. So everybody knows that we uh, love the guys at Southern Coast, Bill and Peggy Heiser, and of course, Danny. But they've also got a second company called Coast to Coast Canine, which handles uh, detection services. And they are looking for two full-time and one part-time explosive handler. So be sure to hit them up and email Peggy Heiser. So you're going to do P Heiser, H-E-I-S-E-R, at C, the letter 2, C, the letter K, the number 9.com. That's C2CK9.com. Shoot her your resume and apply for the jobs for a full-time explosive handler. There's two of those. And then... Uh, a single part-time handler, uh, explosive handler at c2ckanine.com. Peggy Heiser at c2ckanine.com. Go ahead, I'm up. So I got a uh, bomb dog in my uh, kennel right now. I'm imprinting her on the seven odors that we use over here in Ohio. None of those odors are the HMEs like TATP, um, urea nitrate, and some of the other ones. We um, are afraid of that shit, and I'm not touching it. I'm not messing with it. But I do want my dogs to, to find it. So looking around, you know, my guys go through some training with the FBI like once a year. It's pretty hard to stay proficient on that stuff. And I'm not messing with that stuff for real. So what do we do? True scent. True scent is a, um, it's not a pseudo odor. It's a simulant. It is real odor suspended in silica. Now listen, they have everything. They have all the explosive odors you want. Um, but I specifically look for the, the HME kits. They got several of them. Um, check them out. Uh, it's, it's real explosive odor. Um, it's good stuff, man. We really like them. You heard Ellie, their chemist, on our um, podcast. We made a whole T-shirt based on that podcast. Uh, it's good type of stuff. TrueScentK9.com. Um, when you get there and plug it in, they do give us a discount code, which is WDR, all capitalized, WDR15. That's a WDR15 for 15% off training aids. Get on it. Yep. So working dogs, whether they be police dogs or hunting dogs or search and rescue, whatever, have a fantastic talent of managing to hurt themselves in magnificent and magical ways. Um, if I could count the ways that my fucking dogs have managed to hurt themselves, it would fill up an entire podcast episode. Not everything is going to require a vet visit. And I'm not suggesting that you don't take the dog to the vet, but stuff that's normal, like hot spots, pad injuries, happy tail, stuff that's just kind of annoying, uh, can turn into serious issues. The guys at vet care have produced a, a product called quick derm. That is absolutely fantastic. Eric actually has a guy that's close to him that runs a fairly large boarding kennel. 
that had a dog come in that had hot spots already when he got there. And, you know, you didn't want to be blamed for hot spots. So uh, he actually ordered some of the stuff and cleared it up in, I mean, a couple of days. I actually had some pretty gnarly burns from uh, dealing with the talks of the HRD seminars uh, from doing some of the muzzle work and I was able to clear up something on my arm <laughs> in about seven days and it didn't tear up my tattoo which is kind of nice so so if you go over to vetcare.us it's going to be 10WDR and you'll get 10% off your first order and we've heard some rumors that they were upgrading people on sizes when you use the discount code so head over and put it in, your, uh, put it in the patrol car and you'll be good to go all right, we are back. Thanks for hanging in. I hope you guys paid attention to those commercials. If you skip them, go back and listen. There's a bunch of new stuff in there, new job opportunities, new sponsors, discount codes, new stuff. Go check it out. Go back and listen because I know some of you fuckers skip through it. So go back and listen. Support the you. people that support us. Yep. I see you. Uh, Everybody so thinks like this is free to do or something. This is not free. So yeah. go go listen to those people. <laughs> yeah, ep- episode five of the Lazy Canine series with uh, Jazz Stanzi from Houston Canine Academy. So Jazz, let's talk about Houston Canine Academy. What? So you guys get back? Were you working out of like your garage and then you found a place, or how did how did we develop into where we're at now? So the uh, creation of Houston Canine Academy, everybody comes over here and they're like, what the hell is this place? Is it a mosque? It actually used to be a a veterinary clinic. And I've always had the support of my father. He's my biggest fan. And he said, listen, I bought you this place next door. I was going to demolish it, make it a a car lot. And I got this for you and I want you to come home. And he had been offering it to me for so many years, so many years. And I was like, dad, I want to be downrange. That's my, that's my shit. That's what I want to do. And he begged me and begged me. And so, you know, we left um, and came home, newly married, and we started our business here. And uh, we come into this little vet clinic, and it's like these little kennels that are for, like, foo-foo dogs, little toy toy dogs. I'm like, oh, my God. So we did a lot of altering. Uh, we made it a working dog kennel. All of our training, once we're done with basic hides and things like that, all of our training is on the street. So we're going to, we have so many training venues. We go to warehouses, vacant warehouses. We've got connections for schools. We've got office buildings. We've got residential. You know, Houston, it's huge. Um, Houston's growing. And then it's also, you know, clearing house. They're trying to revamp certain neighborhoods and stuff like that. So we've been super, super fortunate, you know, to get all these training areas. We go as far as Freeport, which is almost an hour and a half. Actually, it's uh, Krusty Schiller's stomping grounds. Uh, we've gone to Beaumont. Um, really, there is no limit. We've gone to Sealy. We've gone to Hempstead. Uh, and we try to get these handlers to understand when you have your eight-hour training day and you guys are popping your, your captain's chairs and just sitting there with your feet propped up waiting for your turn, go look for venues. Um, we just recently got a haunted house. So that's what we – that's our approach. That's our take on training is training on the street for the street. I don't want to sound like a used car salesman, but that's truly our mission is to get these guys exposed, get the dogs exposed. Um, a new handler, God, I love new handlers, but it's just you really have to almost show them every single, you know, possibility, every possible scenario for them to properly deploy the dog. So that's what we do. That's our focus. Every time we have a new class, we want to have new venues. Very seldomly do we visit the same venue during a nine-week class. 
That's awesome. You have, if I remember right from seeing the videos when Blosser and, and Ryan were down there, you guys got buses that you do stuff in? Oh, yeah. Buses. So, I mean, yeah. got to think outside the box. And I'm going to give everybody, uh, you know, a little bit of advice. If you go with the department and they're getting rid of crap, tell them you want their trash. We got a school bus donated to us uh, from a, an ISD. Uh, my father, again, my biggest fan, uh, he he ran into hard times with uh, two clients, as a matter of fact. So he was the fleet manager for two um, mental health uh, facilities. They went bankrupt, and they're like, we're going to pay you our bill. One was like $121,000. we are going to pay it to you in cars. We have to get rid of these cars anyways. So um, our company vehicles are donated for my father. And then that whole yard, it looks, I tell people, it looks like a junkyard. But these vehicles are actually, I know where the odor's been placed. And we've actually changed them around. So we have RVs, we have limo buses, we have the, the school bus that, that you guys um, did some testing on, well, Dave did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Lincolns, we have Cadillac, we have vans, you name it. Um, and then, again, we just try to get right off of, the, off of the site. You know, a lot of people, they're like, hey, we want to show the dogs on site because it's comfortable. They know, they're, they know all the ins and outs of these obstacles. We want to show you guys, like, if there's a flaw, we want to point it out. We want to see it with you. We want to we want to call it out to you, and let you know if it's buildable or not. You know, uh, so that's that's our our biggest you know pride. Honestly, is is to get the hell off of the site, move on to something else, give these guys the exposure Ted, and the confidence that they're not going to run into shit on the street. That's awesome. Ted has a bus uh, at his place. What do you call that thing, Ted? No, I have a bus and I have a couple suburbans, but the red one. I have a red Suburban from, like, 92. It was tagged last time when Clinton was in office. That's how long it's been sitting there. But I call it the red shitbox to Painville. <laughs> we have that's, a green one. We have a green one. Yeah. That's funny. That's how we teach our green vehicle attraction. Green shitbox to Painville. <laughs> yeah. That's where we teach our – and every decoy that comes through here or that comes to me, and they're like, I want to learn a decoy. I'm like, cool, get in the fucking red thing. And they're like, what? And I'm yep. like, just get in there. And every decoy that sees that red thing, like Ray and fucking Jason and mm-hmm. Hagner and everybody that's come through this works with me at all, they're like, oh, God, the red thing, which means that mm. I'm just going to get my ass beat in this car by a fucking dog. So, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, – and then I had drugs on it too. So, but, yeah, it's a uh, – yeah. yeah, the red shit box to Painville. <laughs> and <laughs> I have a school bus, too. We, bu- we have a school bus, too, yeah. that um, it right now has hornets in it that I have been blasting with. Um, yeah, no, well, I thanks. got tagged the other day. Anyway, so, yes, so Houston, Houston Canine <laughs> Academy, how, how many kennels are you up to now? Uh, we have 60 now. Holy shit. Yep, 60. That's, do you Let ever – like I, I ask everybody been, this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, real quick, I ask everybody who – has gotten big like that. Do you ever think back to when you had like eight kennels and you're like, ah, oh, those are the good old days. Or are you like, fuck it, keep, keep rocking? Well, listen, and this is, again, huge privilege and opportunity. We were working out of Police Dog Center Holland, and we had 180 dogs at any given time. So this is honestly, this is a cakewalk, so to say, except for now we have kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you yeah. know how that goes. But, um, yeah, uh, it, no, I love it. Uh, we, we've learned so many things from the Europeans on how to move the dogs, how to make sure that the dogs aren't stressing themselves out, stressing each other out, um, and things like that. But yeah, 60, we're comfortable and we're not, we get so many, so many times people ask, are you guys going to get any bigger? We've seen what bigger, what happens with bigger. Uh, we will not, this is it. Um, 
bigger. You, you know, have 60 you just, kennels and three motherfuckers. How, yeah, I mean, yep, how much bigger yep. do people want you to get? We are not. So this, here's a good question. Here. I had somebody, here's a good question for you, and, and then we'll have Ted do it too. Um, I've, I had somebody ask me to make a, an instructional video or something on um, how do you, as a business owner in this business where you have to touch every leash and you're doing all that work, how do you, what is your schedule, daytime schedule? Oh. How, do you have a specific, Hello. I'm up, I am doing this by 8 o'clock, I am done with this by noon, I am doing this. Or is it wish. more f- freewheeling? It, yeah, that's uh, that's really what it is. Uh, you just, you got to roll with it. You know what you have to do. So uh, there is no 5 o'clock punch out here. Um, there's been times, shit, we don't get home till 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, Jason, not because he's my husband, this this guy... Everybody's been telling us we look like freaking skeletons. One guy actually asked me, he's like, are you on meth? I'm like, no, I, I, I work my ass off. I love it. But there is no way, honestly, uh, you know, if you're working, if you're working true quality work, one dog, you may think it's going to take you five minutes, but to modify a behavior consistently every day, may take you 10 minutes with the dog, um, changing it up. Then you have a freaking vet visit or you got to go get food or we've depleted our freaking cleaning uh, supplies or a department wants to stop in out of nowhere without an appointment training, constantly training, you know, Jason and I and Eddie, we're, we're doing our classes. So to maintain that while maintaining the dogs, it's a lot of commitments, a lot of time. So there is no, by eight o'clock, I have to have this done. I'm still very much involved with the office. Uh, it's just balls to the wall, man. You just got to go with it and can't get stressed out. You can't get overwhelmed. Even though you're overwhelmed, you got to keep your calm. Um, but yeah, drive, 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 and make sure that you're, you're pleasing your clients and your, and your graduates. A lot of, I've seen a lot of kennels out there, not to knock anybody, but they're like, hallelujah, they're out of my freaking hair. I don't have to deal with them. We want to stay attached to them and not because we don't want to show, we want these guys to have that confidence that if they ever had a question, it doesn't matter. I've kept phone calls at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, I get yeah. phone calls at four o'clock in the morning. I get, you know, awesome videos of bites. Uh, you know, troubleshooting. I, I have this little issue. I just created this issue. Is there a way to fix it? I know I fucked up. Can you help me? And that, knowing that we have that relationship with them, that they could come back to us and not seek somebody else, or this is the best one, you know, some uh, experimental trainer. God, I have some stories on that. You know, where they try to create things on their own, and then they actually create something else that we don't want. And then to, for us to come in and try to fix it up, it's a... Uh, that's why we want to always be involved and let these let these guys know, hey, you can always, always call us. So to answer your question, no, there is no set agenda or um, time slot for this, this, and this, and this. Obviously, the feeding of the dogs and training them, yes, but everything else kind of just falls in place. Ted, you try to get to your kennel by a certain time in the morning, don't you? Yeah, before? this time, and this time of year. And has got to be the same way for heat. Well, this time of year, it's early, like 7.30 or 8 in the morning. Wow. Just so we can get shit done. I'd love to be there. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, well, but then, but the downside of that, well, the opposite end of that is in the winter time. I don't get there till like eleven or twelve because it's cold as shit, and I don't want to stand out in the cold. And yep. so everything revolves around that because you know, Alicia and I get up every morning, go to the gym. So we're she's usually up watching fucking cat videos at three thirty. So we're usually up by five, fucking around and. 
like I'm kind of answering emails and doing some other stuff and kind of doing some other things I didn't get finished from the day before, which is like a perpetual problem. And because, I mean, for those listening, uh, you know, I mean, we started working Dog Dry Goods. We don't own it anymore. Um, we're still involved in it. Uh, we sold it. And uh, we've also sold, uh, we also own, obviously, part of the podcast, which everybody thinks is just me and Eric fucking t- sitting here talking. <laughs> Fuck, it is not. <laughs> this is a full time job, I promise you, <laughs> just to produce these one hour episodes because we got the Patreon side and everything else and all the emails that come along with that. And, you know, when Eric and I say something on air about how, you know, send me an email and ask me about case law and I get 75 emails and I'm not bitching, believe me, I'm not. But that takes time. And then also we own HRD. Eric and I own part of high-risk deployment, which has its own issues from being away from where we're at. Because when we do HRD seminars, I'm not here. Uh, I'm not here to record. I'm not here to train. I'm not here. I'm there doing that. So that in itself creates its own problem, plus writing content for that and doing everything else. And then on top of that, I still have to run a leash every day and train dogs to find bombs and bite fuckheads. So, I mean, <laughs> there is like this constant like shuffling of what is the priority today? And That's those priorities shuffling. I like that. Yeah. And those priorities yeah. change. Like, right now, I mean, you know, like through like six weeks ago, I went through a lull where I didn't have a ton of priority of dogs. Like I was, they were sort of almost done and we're getting ready to have them for handler school. And a lot of stuff was going on with HRD and the podcast. And now we're kind of flipped. So a lot of stuff is going on there. So the priorities change like day to day. So it's literally like Alicia and I and Ray and Eric talking back and forth. And we're like, well, what are we doing today? Like, we need this, we need this, we need this, and we need this done. And then I have to tell Alicia, I'm like, I got to get X, Y, Z, and whatever done at the kennel. And this dog, this dog, this dog, this dog, and this dog are all like here, or they need to be here, or this is what they've got to do, and I've got to do blah, 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 before we go to the next HRD thing, because I'm going to be gone, and Jamie and Scott are going to be running everything um, while I'm gone. And this dog needs to be here by then. So, no, it's a constant fucking, like, shuffle. And then now, like today, we're going to record two podcasts. And I've been working all day editing video from the Moundsville seminar in West Virginia and uploading it because all that has to go out and all that stuff has to go to the guy before hit. So, no, it's a constant fucking. Great fucking video, too, by uh, the way. Yeah, no. I think so. I think it's pretty legit. <laughs> So it's joke like the the music in that video. If you're if anybody's listening to this, it's a great guy named uh, his name's Sean James. Uh, Sean James and the Shapeshifters are from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they play in Tulsa quite often. And I literally went up to him the last time they played in Tulsa, and it was like a hundred people there because it was like Labor Day weekend or something, and everybody was at the lake. And I said, "Hey, this is what I do. I own a podcast, and I also um, do this. And I just want to use your video, your music, and some of our videos." And he's like, "Sure." And she's like, yeah, you know, I mean, if that's all you want to use, if we're just shout us out and give us credit. Same thing with the podcast, like the music you hear in before and after this. Brother Deeg has graciously granted the ability to use that music. And that guy is fucking awesome. And the music is awesome. I've seen him several times live and he is just a great human being. He self-produces, you know, he's from northern Louisiana and it's great music. He's a great dude. And, you know, I mean, so go download his shit on iTunes and buy him a beer. But. So I created that video that Eric's talking about just to see if the fucking Zuckerberg was going to cut my shit down because I was using quote unquote copyrighted Mm -hmm. music because I have permission to use it in email also. So 
And it's been a constant problem with anything we produce for any three or four of the companies. So, which is another problem that I don't think anybody thinks about. Like when you start a podcast, you're like, oh yeah, you got to worry about copyrighted shit. Yeah, because people will sue you. Ask everyone's like, oh, you do these days play with dogs all day. I'm like, really? If that's what you think I fucking do all day, (laughs) you are sorely mistaken. Two questions left for you, Jazz. One, this is one I don't. It just came to me. It's 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 because we said the word leash like four times. What is your go-to leash every day that you're going to get? Are you a six-footer or four-footer? Do you prefer a little bit longer? What is your go-to off the rack every day? This is hilarious because, oh, that's funny. It's a six-foot. Everybody calls it a spaghetti noodle, and nobody will touch it. Like, no one. They actually <laughs> throw it. They'll, they'll leave it in my car. I, I don't have to fear that anyone's going to take it. It is, it is thin. It's leather. Um, and that is my go-to. I love it. Uh, I just got burned by the son of a gun um, with the dog that was pulling the shit out of me on Friday. But that is my go-to. Uh, I've had the, you know, I've had people hand me um, many leashes. I'm not even gonna go through the brands because I've had so many. But that is that is my favorite. I don't care for the the handle, the loop, uh, the braids. Don't care about it. That is, it's it's very very basic. Yeah, the joke. I like I it. I'm tell, a six footer too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the opposite. Well, I use a six foot. I don't like handles personally. Um, for the most part, I'll use a fifteen foot line. Um, handlers in handler school, I make them use a fifteen footer at the beginning because they have a tendency to fucking stand on top of dogs all the time, especially during detection work. Like, That's get the one, yeah. get the fuck away from that dog. Yeah, that thing's fifteen foot long for a reason. <laughs> if yep. I wanted to give you a traffic tab, I would have get the fuck away from the dog. I, use, I don't use the super thin ones. Hagner does. He uses those fucking teeny tiny. They look like shoestrings. <laughs> and yep, every time he brings one yeah. out, every time he brings that out, and he'll go get a big ass Malinois or just a big angry dog. We Last time he was here, we had a dog that was like 110 pounds and just angry, wanted to kill everybody. And he walks out with that. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, no, it's like, oh, I've got a chain as a back tie for a reason, bro. <laughs> like, Mine's been around for so, two years, so I can't complain. That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I, we have a lot of guys use the leather six foot or the synthetic leather six foot and they got that stupid fucking metal ring on the bottom of it. And I'm like, cut that fucking thing off. You keep hitting the dog in the head with it. It's dinging off. The that's ground. why it's there for, by the it's way, distracting the dog. What for hitting the oh, dog I in the head? That. Yeah. That's what's for, oh, it's it's to hit the dog. That's, that's how you get him out. <laughs> right, yeah, you just beat him with the, oh beat him with the ring on the leash. Beat him with the brass I just, ring. <laughs> I just had two handlers, no joke. I had two handlers last year break their freaking thumbs on it. One got his thumb caught in it. I don't even yep. know why the hell he said. This is after he left school, by the way. And yep. the other one went to sling it over, busted it right over his thumb knuckle, and screwed his thumb up for like, I think he was out for like three months. I'm like, what in the world? I told you, I hated that crap, but... Yeah, and it is the synthetic leather one with the, the ring at the end. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, since this is the Women of Canine Month, uh, you are a woman in canine and have been for a long time. Uh, so, for the women listening, wanting to get into the industry or already in the industry and want to make a change or whatever, whether it be a vendor or whether it be a handler or whatever, what advice uh, do you have? You can't have thin skin. And you have to, I'm not a feminist, so, but I, in this industry, there's so many out there. There's so many vendors out there, so many trainers out there. Um, make it your own and challenge yourself to not just stay with the common. 
um, ideology. There's so many different ways to train a dog. We all got the same goal. Um, that's what we do. That's what we strive on is having a different approach. Um, we are constantly going off of positive reinforcement. So that's my biggest thing is, is challenge yourself. Uh, if you're in this for the right reasons, you're going to love every dog that you put your hand on, even though you may hate them. They're going to teach you something. Um, and, and, yeah, don't have thin skin. I've caught myself crying at times, like, <laughs> that dude just called me a bitch. And he's like, guys, get over it. And I'm like, yeah, you're actually right. That's just because you don't sleep at all. That's why you're crying. You're That's good advice in general. There's a lot of males that are listening to this. They could probably, um, they, they could probably, you know, benefit from that. Like have a thicker skin. So if somebody tells you you suck, like get better. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> oh man, that was directed specifically at somebody. So, um, <laughs> Jazz, where can we find you on the social medias? We are on uh, Facebook, obviously, uh, Houston Canine Academy LLC Facebook page, uh, Instagram also. We don't do Twitter. Um, really, we're, we're super basic. Uh, Facebook, then Jason's personal. We, we consider everybody family, um, even our worst enemies at times. Again, we're super open. So uh, Jason Stanzi, Jazz Stanzi, Eddie Dickman. Uh, we've been around the block, so hit us up. Yeah, you guys Eric, have a website? I, yeah, yeah, that's true. Our website, yeah, Houston Canine Academy, the letter K, the number nine. There Academy go. spelled common, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y, dot com. Got to make sure That's with awesome. all the fucking millennials. So Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Everybody types in fucking text now. Eric, what about yeah. you? Uh, I'm at Van S. Canine, V-A-N-E-S-S, letter K, number nine, on uh, Instagram. That's where most of my police dog stuff and a few personal life things here and there. Um, Van S Canine Academy on Facebook, uh, Van S Canine.com on the website. Um, that's it. How about you? Uh, well, the podcast has its own Instagram at working underscore dog underscore radio. Uh, and then we've got it on working dog radio on, uh, Facebook. And then we also are me, uh, I'm at Ted underscore summers on the Instagrams and torchlight canine letter K number nine. That's what we're doing day to day. And then we also have the Patreon, which we get a lot of questions about what this is where, like I just posted a huge video and write up today about how I do building searches and how I also use building searches to get several other behaviors all at once. And that, and it's the process that I do it by. And then I've got some video examples. So it's a fairly, it's like a four page write up, which I think will probably be submitted to the USPCA thing. Um, the video is obviously long because it's a fucking magazine, but, uh, other than that, the videos of some examples of what I'm talking about and exactly how I do it are there uh, at patreon.com. So, uh, yeah, hit it up. Go look at it. Um, Eric's done some videos on outs, tracking, uh, obedience. You've done a bunch of other shit. Detection, we both have. So there's a shitload of videos there So um, and with explanations and everything else. Plus, you get access to Eric and I outside of email, so you can ask questions and we answer. And It's a good format, so it's like Facebook without the assholes. Excellent. Thanks for coming on. This has been great. My pleasure. It was uh, awesome, especially for my first time. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but thank you guys for having me. Excellent. Thank you very much. And you, you go home. You, you have to uh, <laughs> get five minutes of sleep before you work again tomorrow. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Those, clen- right. those kennels don't clean themselves, people. That's <laughs> True story. absolutely right. All right. All right. See you. Thank you. Bye. Talk to everybody Thank soon. you. Bye. Yeah. 
I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off off your first order tell him you heard it here now go get bit eric here like many trainers ted and i go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel so we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs that's where usa canine dog toys excel their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound they have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys all made to last and are very affordable all the toys are military themed go to the website www.usa-canine.com Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code k 9 Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom, and we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up. Specifically for guys in this podcast, for if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely, and these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio is graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.